a shout out to everyone who was a part of the 21 days of prayer and fasting. You guys, we had 185 people commit to that. Can we just celebrate that this morning? And I don't know if you were a part of that group. I don't know how you did. Maybe you started strong and finished strong. Maybe you started and your whole fast was like this. Or maybe you started and stopped, whatever it was. I just want to encourage you that, you know, God cares so much more about your desire to put him first in your life than your moments of weaknesses. So just keep pushing at it. Just keep trying. And I know Sarah mentioned that we're going to be starting this new thing where we're going to be praying and fasting as a church. I am so excited about this because it's the first year we're doing this. And you will be part of making history here. So yeah, start that. Um, we're going to be getting a quick text on Tuesday night, and we're going to fast one meal, and we're going to be united about praying about the same thing as a church. And we're praying for the God to do the impossible, yes, um, in our hearts, in our homes, in this church, and in our community through that. So very excited about that. Well, today we're wrapping up the series on the heart of God. And I want to tell you, I am so excited because it's my first time speaking by myself, and... <laughs> I get to speak on the one thing that I have dedicated the last 11 years of my life to, and that is raising children to know the heart of God. And before even I had kids, I, was, I had one prayer for God, and that was that, God, I want my children and all the generations that come through me to know you and to love you, because if they don't have that one thing, nothing else in life matters. So can you help me do that? And I want to tell you that I make many mistakes, and I fall short all the time, but I am trying, and I just want to share some of those things with you this morning. And I was, I was praying this before I even had kids. He gave me this verse from the book of Proverbs, and if you have your Bible, will you open there with me? Proverbs 22.6. And while you're flipping, I just want to tell you, I'm so excited about my new Bible. This year, I was talking to God, and I'm like, God, I've had the same Bible since I was a teenager, and the font is shrinking, and I think I want a new one. And somebody had left me the study Bible here as a gift, and isn't that our God? He just cares for the smallest desires of our heart. But this is from the book of Proverbs 22, 6, and it says, train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child. How many of us have ever trained for something in life? Whether it's sports, it's education, some kind of vocation. Training is hard, isn't it? Like whatever you're trying to be good at, it doesn't just happen. It takes time, it takes intentionality, it takes sacrifice. And if we want to train our children to know the heart of God, it's not going to happen on accident. We're going to have to be intentional, and we're going to be talking about that this morning, but we're going to open up with a prayer, and then we're going to dive right in. Father, I just want to thank you so much for every single person that is listening today, God, here in person or online, and God, I just pray that we wouldn't just hear this stuff here, God, but I just pray that you would speak to us. God, I pray that you would help us to um, process it and apply it to our lives, Lord. We love you, and we trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. So because we're talking about children today, I wanted to show you a photo of my children, just so you kind of have a reference of my tribe. Now, if you know me, you're thinking this is an old photo. You're right. 
It is old. It's about three years ago. But this is one of my favorite photos because this is the last time I was able to carry all four of them at the same time. <laughs> That's Elijah, Isaiah, Ezra, and Esther, and they really are the most amazing children. I am so thankful that I have the privilege to be their mother. Um, they're awesome, but they've grown a lot in the last three years. They grow fast, don't they? People with children. Maybe you are a child. Time goes by really, really fast, and um, they've grown a lot. Our church has grown a lot in the last three years, and Sarah talked about this a little bit earlier, but do you know that we have about 150 to 160 kids that we see in the kids' ministry? They're literally like busting out of the rooms. They are growing so fast. So Barna Group, they did this study on church, and they do church world studies, and what I found out was kind of shocking to me. And they did this study, and according to their study and statistics, of the 160 kids that we see, preschoolers, elementary school kids in there, only 53 of them will choose to follow God when they're a young adult. And I don't know what you think about that or what you're thinking as you hear that, but I know I don't want my kids to be part of the two-thirds. And I know I don't want our children in the kids' ministry to be part of that statistic either. But if we want to raise children who know the heart of God, who will love them and trust them and serve them, it's not going to happen by accident. You know, we love that you bring children to church every Sunday. It's not going to happen by just bringing them to church on a Sunday morning because this research was on the kids who went to church every Sunday. It's going to happen if we are fully intentional in our daily lives to instill in them who God is, how to know him, how to have a relation with him, and how to live in this world because of we believe in him. So we're talking about those three things today. And, um, you know, I said earlier that I really don't have it all together. Let me tell you a quick story. I remember um, it was during COVID and we went for a walk. I told my kids it was a beautiful day. The world is shut down, but I know just the place. No one is going to be there. Everyone else was thinking the same thing because this place was packed. And then we get there, so I'm thinking about the fact that there are people everywhere. And then I was looking around and then I had this moment of panic because I couldn't find my three-year-old. A few minutes later, I found him. Then I felt like I was having a full-on heart attack. And I walk up to him. I'm like, buddy, what are you doing? He's like, what? I'm peeing. I was like, yes, I see that, buddy. We can't do that here. And he's like, why? Because I'm like, because this is a public place and there are people everywhere. And he's like, so? And he was so confused. And then I had the last couple months just kind of flash in front of my eyes. So what had happened, that it was all during COVID and things were closed down. So if he had to go anywhere, I was so focused on making sure this child was potty trained. If he had to go, we're going. doesn't matter where we are. So I'm like, you have to go, we'll pull over. We have to go, we'll find a place. So really, you see, it brought me to this place, and I had to apologize to my three-year-old. I'm like, buddy, I am sorry. I have trained you to pee in public. <sighs> but this is not okay. This is not a normal thing, you know? <laughs> and he's like, okay, I'll try not to pee in public. But sometimes that parents, right, like we get so caught up in the one thing that we're trying to help them grow in. We kind of forget about the big picture. And I don't know what that one thing is today as parents for you. It might be education. Maybe you're like, you know what? I want you to be the best of the best of whatever you're trying to make them to be. And maybe it's sports. And it's like, you know what? I never had all these opportunities. So I want to make sure you get all these opportunities and we'll sacrifice whatever to make it happen. But what does that one measure of success for you look like? See, in 
The book of Matthew 16:26. it says, what will it profit a man if he gains a whole world, wealth, fame, success, but forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? What if we do raise kids who are just the most brilliant children and who have their life together, have those money, wealth, fame, everything the world has to offer? Maybe they'll be the president of this country, but will it be worth it? Will it be worth it in the end if they don't know Jesus? So we're going to talk about three things today, and the first thing I want to talk about is be intentional in training them in God's Word. Be intentional in training them in God's Word. A few weeks ago, my vacuum went out again. So this time I decided we're going to replace it. So I told my three boys, five, nine, and 11-year-old, follow the instructions carefully and put this vacuum together for me. And they did, and they did a fantastic job. And when they're done, my oldest came up to me and handed me the manual. And I told him to put it on the side. And he's like, aren't you going to read it? Am I going to read the vacuum manual? Probably not, buddy. I think I know how to use a vacuum. But he's like, no, but see, the people who made this vacuum, they sat down and wrote everything you possibly need to know about this vacuum. They know it better than anyone else, and they want you to know, make sure you have the information that you need so this is taken care of. And also, I don't want you to hurt yourself in the process. I thought it was kind of cute, but I was like, no, I'm not reading the manual. But he was so convinced. (laughs) But he was so convinced that this manual had information in it that was so valuable that he chose to read me the entire manual while I was making dinner. See, all our actions are born out of our beliefs of what we truly believe in, every single thing. Do we really believe that this is the word of the living God? So this is not just a book with some ink in it, with some good stories, some good inspiration, full of people, full of flaws, and God shows up and does something awesome. It's so much more than that. This is where the God of the universe wants to show himself to you. He wants to meet you right where you're at. This has the power to bring strongholds generational sins. If you're broken, this will bring you comfort. If you need healing, he will be there. You need it. He will be your closest friend if you want him to be. But we have to be intentional in putting him first. It says in Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of our heart. You can be reading something and it will speak to you like you're the only one in the world. This morning, actually, I woke up and I was like, ah, my nerves are high. I'm kind of freaking out right now. And my, my habit is I wake up, I look at my phone, I go to the Bible app and I read it. And the verse of the day today is, I have not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of self-control. From the billions of people that are going to read that today, he spoke to my soul. And the reason why he spoke to me was because I was in it. If we want God to speak to us in the situation that we're in, we have to be intentional in reading it. So five things I want to share about reading the word today is we have to be intentional in hearing, reading, memorizing, meditating, and applying it. And I don't know what that looks like for you, but I want to share some things from my life, how I've used these. Hearing the word, I wanted my kids 
to know God before they were even born. I remember when I was pregnant with them, I would read the Bible out loud to them. I wanted them to hear it. When they were babies, I had, there's a photo of a Bible here, Bible's here somewhere, but um, when they were babies, I started with reading the story, oh, side words, but um, the storybook Bible. It's been through some years now. But every time we read it, I told them, like, look, look, our God, who is the same in the beginning, is the same God that's in the end and all these generations that have come and gone, but he has never changed. And there are more generations that have come after this, and he's the same God. And he's the same God for you and me today, and long after we're gone, the world is going to change, but he is not going to change, and you can trust him. You can trust him. So I want them to hear about the God. We want them to read the word. You know that God speaks all the time. And one of the ways he speaks is through reading his word. My older two, I love our kids' ministry, by the way. They encourage our children to bring their own Bibles, and I love that. And my older two, because they can read now, they read the Bible, which is awesome. But they also like to fill in the gaps for my littles. Like, I was reading the story of David and Goliath to my three-year-old daughter, and my oldest one, he said, Esther, do you know what your Bible is missing? Do you know what happened to Goliath after David knocked him down? He took a sword and cut his head off. <laughs> and I was like, buddy, age-appropriate stuff. I'm like, she doesn't need to know that he cut his head off with a sword. Like, she was freaking out a little bit. So we were working on, you know, with the things that we share with the three-year-old and with things we don't. But they're kind of having fun with it. We're getting lots of questions. But I want them to read the word from their own because I don't want them to depend on me and my faith. I want them to have their own faith. When they hear their mom say, hey, you can hear from God, it's not just for me because I'm... 39 years old, he God speaks to children, whether they're five or 95. And one of the ways he speaks is through the word. And I want them to hear from God by, for themselves. The third point is memorizing it. Memorizing, it's so important to memorize the word of God, right? Like this year, um, our plans are always changing and how we're gonna train them depending on the season of life we're in. And this year I said, you know what? We're gonna memorize a verse a week. That was our plan. We're at one verse every two weeks right now but we're trying and we're not just memorizing it but we're talking about hey what does this mean so we're thinking about what that means and then we're talking about applying it okay if we do we have a chance to apply this somewhere in life this week at school when you're out shopping when i'm driving <laughs> did i have an opportunity to apply it and i want them to know that you know what we, they know that we don't have it all together, but I want them to know that you don't have to have a life that's all put together and we make mistakes. His dad and I mess up all the time, but we're trying and we're trying to honor him and he cares about us and trying to put him first and we're trying to teach that to our children. So my challenge for you today is how can you be in intentional in training them in God's word? If you need a place to start for our children's ministry, I love what they do. Right now, they're going through the whole Bible, and it's gonna, they're going to go through it in three years. And when they're done with their class, they come home with a little prayer, like a little cue sheet for parents' cue sheet. And that's a really easy way to start where you can just talk to them and just be like, hey, what did you talk about today? Let's look at it together. That could be a great starting point for you. The second point I want to make this morning is we have to be intentional in training them for prayer. Be intentional in training them for prayer. See, our goal as parents is to teach our children complete dependence on God and not us. 
teach them complete dependence on God and not us. And what does that look like? Maybe you're here today and you're like, you know what, I don't even like to pray. How am I going to teach my kids to pray? You know, we just did this 121 days of fasting and we did a little survey. Not 121, 21 days of fasting. <laughs> that would be fun. I'm just kidding. Um, and we did this little survey. In the beginning of the survey, you know, there was questions about, do you pray? How often do you pray? Whatever. What we found out was that majority of the people who were part of it, prayer is a hard thing. It's hard for them to pray. So if you're thinking that it's hard for me to pray, I don't even know where to start, I just want to tell you that you are not alone. If you looked on Amazon right now about books on prayer, there's over 100,000 books on prayer. And I'm trying to tell you something in five minutes. So I'm trying to give you something just like basic, right? But prayer at its core, what I'm trying to teach my children right now, it is a conversation with God. You can talk to God about anything, anytime, anywhere. It's not some kind of ritual. You don't have to make sure you have all your steps in place. You don't have to look right, feel right. You can talk to him about anything. If you're having a bad day, you can say, God, I'm having a bad day. God, I'm hurt, and I don't know what to do with it. Someone's being mean to me right now, and I don't know how you love them, but help me to see them the way you see them, because this is hard. You can just have, talk to him like he's a friend. Jesus, he calls us his friends. So you can just talk to him like you would talk a friend. One of the verses I want to read from is from the book of Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 9. And we could probably spend 30 minutes here, but I have about two. And it says, this is right after Moses. He had come down, given the Israelites the Ten Commandments, and this is a chapter after that. And it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is the one, the only God. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and all your soul and all your strength, your entire being. These words which I'm commanding you today shall be written on your heart and on your mind, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, impressing God's precepts on their minds and penetrating their hearts with his truths. And you shall speak of them when you sit in your house, when you walk in the road, when you lie down, when you get up, talk about it all the time, all the time. You can be taking a drive and you can thank God, that's an awesome sunset, God, you are pretty creative. Like, thank you. You can talk about that. You can talk to God about the smallest desires. He gave me a Bible I didn't even ask him for because he cares about the smallest desires of our heart. And a few years ago, or many years ago, when my oldest was three, and I only had two children at the time, I had taken them to Chicagoland to visit family, and there was a snowstorm, and we were stuck in the snow, and my phone had died. And I don't know what happened to all the people in Chicagoland, but there was no one around in this place. So after being stuck, and we tried to get out of the snow, and we were stuck, and I was like, this is not working, Elijah. We need to pray. We need to pray that God will send us help. So I'm looking around. No one's around. So I look at him. And I'm like, God, we are stuck in the snow. Will you send hair? And before I could get my words out, there was a tap on my window. And I screamed, probably like the loudest scream of all times. And then I roll the window down. And there's this man standing there with the biggest smile on his face. And he said, I am here to help you. And I closed the window, and my son and I were both freaking out. Like, oh my God, what happened? I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I 
weird. I don't know. Like something is happening. We're so excited. I'm like, what is happening? He's like, I think God just opened the heaven and dropped him from the sky in his car. I'm like, I think that happened too. Wow, this is so crazy. Awesome. We're we're both freaking out because there was nobody around. And within seconds, who says I'm here to help you? I don't know, but this man did. So we were talking about it. We were excited. We're both on cloud nine. And then we go home and he's still excited. So he tells like the adults in the room what had happened. He's like, you will not believe it. God opened the heaven and dropped this man in his car to help us. And of course, like the adults are just like, yeah, laughing, you know? And I could see the disappointment in his face. And I remember going, just talking to him and like, buddy, I have something to tell you. So this man, I don't know if God really dropped him from the sky in his car. I have no way to prove where this man came from. But what I want you to remember is that he was there in direct response to a prayer. We needed help and there was no one around. We said, God, we need help. And there's a man standing out there. So I don't know where he came from. And I want you to know that our God, if he wanted to, he could open up the heaven and drop this man there because he's God and he can do that. Do you know that he parted the whole sea and a million people walked across on dry land? Why? Because he could, he can, because he's God. He made the sun stand still in the sky. And it didn't go down because he's God and he can do that. He used a girl to save an entire nation from annihilation because he is God and he can do the impossible. So I don't ever want you to think or limit God on his potential because of what you think is possible because our God is the God of the impossible. And I wanna just talk to somebody here today. If you're listening and you're praying things, you have things on your heart, you have dreams that God has given you, will you ask him today? Be like, God, I don't see a way, but if this is your will, will you make this happen? Do you know there are over 20 times in the New Testament where we're asked to ask God? He wants to be asked. You know, he wants to be asked. doesn't mean that he's some kind of genie in the bottle, but he wants to be asked. And if when we do it consistently, we start to realize that it is crazy, the things that he cares for. The smallest desire that you might have, the smallest dream that you might have. If you have a, like anything, he cares about I could stand here and tell you stories about the craziest things, about the smallest things, how he's shown up because I've asked him. And he doesn't answer prayers like we want them to all the time because he's a good God. He knows what we can handle, what we can't. And he has a plan our minds can't comprehend. His ways are higher than our ways. And sometimes we don't understand him, but through the process of praying and just talking to him about the smallest detail, we realize that, God, you are so much more amazing than I ever thought you were. And just when you think you know him, you know his goodness, his faithfulness, you realize that it just has no bounds. It just keeps going. And that is our God. And I want my kids to know that, yes, he is a friend. Yes, he is good. He's kind. He's merciful. But he's also the owner and sustainer of this universe. And there is nothing that is impossible for him. And this is your God. Know who you're talking to. And you can go before him with confidence because of who you are and you are a child of God. And that goes not just for children, it goes for us, right? We can approach his throne with confidence because he calls us his own. Are you guys still there? Awesome. My third point this morning is be intentional in training them to live in the world. Be intentional in training them to live in the world. I was 11 years old when I moved to the States And I remember the first time I saw Halloween being celebrated. And I just want to tell you, it was all shocking. 
And I remember thinking, my, why in the world would you put all this scary stuff in your yard? Why would you do this? And I was just kind of like horrified, right? And then I talked to somebody about it and then actually did a lot of research on the origins of Halloween. And then I decided this is not something that I want to be a part of. And the temperature is going up in the room right now because I'm talking about Halloween. I'm not here to tell you you should or should not celebrate Halloween. That is not my point. But I'm trying to tell you that I made a decision that, you know what, I don't think this honors God. And I decided to, for my kids to not to be a part of it. And when I got married, I was thankful my husband was on the same page because it was one of his favorite things growing up. And, but he said, you know what, it's okay. We don't have to do this. And we agreed that, you know what, this, we don't think this would honor God, so we are not going to do it. So over all the years, my children have grown up watching people celebrate it. We love to pass out candy, by the way. That's, <laughs> but they don't dress up and go treating. But they have seen an experience that, you know what, we make some different choices because of what we believe in, and that's okay. We're trying to do our best to follow Christ and not culture. So I wanna challenge you this morning. What is something that you are doing different in your lives today because of who you believe in and because of who you follow? Because if you're just blending in with the world, we should probably be just rethinking what we're trying to follow or who we are trying to follow. A few weeks ago, um, we went ice skating in Carmel here. It was our first time there. It was so much fun. Highly recommend it. I don't know if it's still open, but you should go. Um, and my oldest one loved it. He loved it so much. He's like, I think I want to take classes. I want to get better. And I was so excited. He wanted to do something physical. So I was like, yes, I'll look up stuff. And so I told him about it, and he was so excited. Until he found out the classes were on Saturday. And he's like, yeah, I don't think I can do that. And he just went from cloud nine to like hitting the ground. And then I was trying to figure out what was going on. And he's like, well, it's my day off. And I'm like, buddy, I'm pretty sure you have two days off. Saturday and Sunday are your days off. So you can do something on Saturday. He's like, no, Sunday is not a day off. We're at church all day and it is exhausting. That is not my day off. <laughs> it's like, fine, point taken. He's like, no, I need, he's like, I, I couldn't figure out what he was getting it until he finally said, Saturday is my Sabbath, Mama. I'm trying to make sure I have a day of rest, and this is my only day of rest. I want to tell you, he did not get that from his mother. <laughs> I was, but I want to tell you how God can sometimes speak to us through our children, right? He can use our kids to convict our hearts and draw us back to him. And I have not been doing very well with my Sabbath and make sure, making sure I rest. But I didn't tell my kid anything about the Sabbath, but what he has observed is his dad, over the years, prioritizing rest on his Sabbath. He's seen his dad turned out so many fun things, lots of fun things, lots of family fun things, because it would not be restful. See, our actions will always speak louder than our words to our children. He hasn't ever heard me talk about Sabbath to him, but he's seen his dad over the years make decisions around how to honor rest and how to honor God on that one day off. And he's trying to make decisions in his life as a 11-year-old how he's going to honor the Sabbath. And church, I just want to encourage us today, and I just want to challenge us today. We all want the best for our kids if we really want our children 
to grow up and to know God and to follow him wholeheartedly all the days of their life. It's not going to just happen by coming to church on a Sunday morning. It's going to take time. It's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take intentionality on our part to instill those things in them. And I want to invite the band to come up. And I know Pastor Josh shared some things this week <clears throat> or on the video there about some resources that he had about how to grow as a parent. And I don't have any books that I recommend, but if you don't have the YouVersion Bible app, I highly recommend it. I've used it for over a decade, and you can find a plan for anything. If you're hurting, if you're grieving, if you need hope, if you have depression, if you have anxiety, you have strongholds that need to be broken, if you just have questions about God, how to pray, how to fast, how to read the Bible, anything, it has a plan for that. But the plan that I want to recommend this morning is called Parenting by Design. It's a one-year plan. I've been on it for two years now. But it is so good because it uses the scripture and helping us see how we can use the scripture to train our children. It's really good, so I highly recommend it. As we wrap up, I just want to share that if we want to know the heart of God, if we want to raise children who know the heart of God, it's not going to happen by accident. It's going to take intentionality. So would you, can we just trust God this morning to do his part as we do ours? Let's close with a prayer. God, I just want to thank you so much for every single person that is here today and that is listening. Father, I thank you for the good plans that you have for each person. God, I thank you for bringing them here from whatever life, walk of life that they come from, God. God, I pray that, God, will you just meet them where they're at? God, I pray that they would feel your love just wash over them. God, I pray that you would draw them close to you. God, I pray that, can you help us to be just vulnerable this morning and be real with you with the things that are going on in our heart this morning? God, I pray that you would help us to just train ourselves, train our children to know you, Lord. And I thank you for being a helper. Thank you for being a comforter. Thank you for being a friend. In Jesus' name, amen.